Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to uh, Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Galatians 1, starting in verse 11. Um, Quick note here. Um, Next Saturday, time changes. Springs ahead, right? If you don't spring ahead, you're going to show up late for church. And you're going to walk in when it's over, and everybody's going to go, boy, did you miss something. So, so, forewarned is forearmed. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Would you follow along with me, please? But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his Son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together, to sing praises to your name, to worship you, and then, Father, to open your word together. Father, I ask that your spirit would just continue amongst us, that you would just cover us like a blanket. And Father, we just ask that, that you would open our hearts and our minds, lead us in a direction that only you could lead. To you is all the glory, Father. And we pray this in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, there's, there's no doubt that um, the message that Paul was, was delivering um, it was different. It was a different message. It was different completely than what, other, than what the messages had been, that had been given um, before. It's, it, the message that Paul was giving is a different message than was even preached at Pentecost and what, and what Peter had, had delivered. And in the book of Galatians, and you know that we've been covering this for the, for the first few weeks here, um, that, that Paul was scolding the Galatians. He was scolding them from turning from the gospel that, that he had given them. 
turning away from it. Someone else had come in and had, had, had told them that there was a mistake, that, that this message of grace was not good enough. You had to continue in the ways of, and, and the traditions and, and, the, and uh, the things of Moses. You had to be circumcised. You had to, be, um, you had to follow in the dietary laws that, that they had followed before. But, you know, they didn't understand that there was a freeing message that Paul was delivering. A message of grace was a freeing message, a message of Jesus Christ. It was a radical message. It was different. It was completely different. But, but yet, it was, it was a message that was freeing. Um, see, if you can, see if you can feel the difference here. A, a message of guilt. Uh, a message that was, you know, you crucified your Messiah, you, you did that. And, and they would say, well, what can we do? What should we do? And, and, and Peter would say, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sin. Now, now comes Paul with, with a different message. A, a message that said that, that they didn't take Christ and put him on the cross. Is that the purpose that Christ came to this earth was to go to the cross. It was all in God's plan right from the very, very beginning of time that Jesus Christ would come to this earth, he would be on that cross, and he would be there for the forgiveness of sin. A shed blood, the, the, the sacrifice, to end all sacrifices, was, was performed by Jesus Christ on that cross. Guys, Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. There's no guilt in that. And folks, when people try to lay guilt trips on you today, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Because God isn't laying a guilt trip on you. Churches love guilt trips today. They love that stuff. Because it keeps people in line. Man just doesn't seem to be able to grasp the idea of grace and yet here it is being preached to you. And if we preach grace, we can't keep people under our thumbs. And so we keep praying. This, this message of guilt keeps, keeps being um, um, pro- proclaimed to the people today. How many of you have ever had this said to them? When, when you were younger, not even younger, maybe as an adult, did you ever have someone come up to, come up to you and say, you know, Every time you sin, you drive another nail into Christ's hand. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) Well, let's see. How do you say that nice? Oh, malarkey. 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 That's a good one. He died once. He died once for the forgiveness of sin. You're driving no nails into his hand when when you sin. And and let let me explain this to you now. Folks, I... I... I sin. I do. And so do you. I'm forgiven. And, and because of Jesus Christ in my life, I, he, he makes me want to follow the commandments. He makes me want to follow his, his way. He makes me want to become more and more like, like Jesus. Um, I, I wasn't going to say this this week, but, but I'm going to do it. I, I, I want... I just... But grace is something that you need to, you need to be able to understand. And, and I told it to our Sunday school class, Sunday school class, sorry, my Bible study class this week. 
And I'll say this. If you go through the epistles, Paul's writings, you'll never see in there where, where Paul loves Jesus. You won't find it. And you won't find where he's written, where he says, you need to love Jesus. You won't find it. You know what he writes about? Is how much Jesus loves us. There's a difference. He shows us the love that we might love him. See, in the Ten Commandments, it says to love the Lord your God. What did Jesus say was the most important commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And number two was to, to love your neighbor as, as yourself. But that was a command. That was a command to love the Lord your God. You're never commanded to love anybody because you won't. When, when, when your husband or your wife, when, when you loved them, it was because you received love first. Do you understand? you see the difference between, between the law and grace? Rather than being commanded to love God, Jesus Christ came to this earth to show you love that you might love him back. Okay? That's grace, guys. He, you love him because he loved you first. That's grace. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. If you can feel the love of Jesus Christ in your life and you don't love him back, something's missing. Something's missing, but it's on you. It's not on him. Guys, he loves you. He loves you more than anything. But Paul is chastising the Galatians from, from turning to, from, from the message. And he explains where the message originated. And he does this in more than one place in, in Scripture. He, the, the message where it originated was not from man. Um, he, the, the, the revelation or, or the message that he's giving was, came from a revelation from Jesus Christ. The resurrected Christ. The glorified Christ. On that road to Damascus. Knocked him to the road and gave him a, a, a dose of grace. Saved Paul. The worst of the worst. The, the persecutor of Christians. And he saved him. So there's nobody today, there's nobody ever on this earth that could ever say, I've been too bad and, and, and I can never be saved. God will never, never forgive me. He forgave Paul because he forgave the worst first so he could, by that demonstration, you would know you can't be bad enough to be saved. It's all through, all through Jesus Christ. And, and he learned that by revelation of Jesus Christ. He didn't spend three years in, in a seminary learning a new gospel. Paul spent three years at the feet of the resurrected Christ. That's where he learned it from. And, and he says, you know, you know who I was. You know the persecutor I was. I mean, he was a Jew's Jew. He was, he was zealous for his father's traditions. He knew more about the traditions than he knew about, about God. But, but that's what he was zealous in. You see, Paul always had this habit, and, and you'll read it in different spots in, in, his, in, uh, in his epistles, but he always, he always has a habit of telling us who he was. But he did it for a reason. And that reason is to understand that this radical message can change your life. This message of grace 
It'll change you from the bondage of sin to, to the freedom of grace. The freedom of grace. You see, and when, and when Paul received that message, when Christ gave him that message, Paul didn't, didn't run off to, to uh, another apostle. He didn't run off to Jerusalem to discuss it with Peter. He didn't, he didn't do... This message, this is a first-time thing. First-time thing that Jesus Christ gave to him. And so where is Paul going to share? Where is he going to go and, 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 to, and to learn more? He's going to do it at the feet of Jesus. And so he couldn't stay where he was. The Jews wanted to kill him at that time. He couldn't go to Jerusalem because even the disciples, the, the apostles who were in Jerusalem, didn't know what was happening here. And, and so there was only one place that he could go, and he went. And he went to Arabia. He went to the desert. Guys, the desert. You see, there seems to be a pattern in, in Scripture or in characters in, in Scripture that when God wants your individual attention, when he's got something to tell you, you're going to the desert. You're going to the desert. Abraham, Abraham trusted God. And when he trusted God, he stepped out in faith into the desert. And, and God showed him the plan that, that he had for, for Abram and Sarah and, and, and for his, his immediate family and for generations to come. It was all revealed to him time and time again. Moses was in the desert. He learned of God's plan. God's plan to, to have him lead his people out of Egypt and bring them to their, to their promised land. King David... King David, man, he spent a lot of time in the desert. He had been anointed king of Israel by Samuel, and the first thing he did is, is, is uh, Saul tried to kill him, and off, in, off into the wilderness he went. But David learned in the wilderness. He learned in the wilderness. God sent him into the desert. And then, and then through that, David became the king that all other kings of Israel were compared to. He became the king that God wanted him to be. He had much to learn, but he needed to be in the desert to learn it. He needed to be in that, in that place, that place of, of, of solitude where he could learn one-on-one -on -one with, with God. You see, listening to these cases um, of the desert, that's what I want you to understand. These are deserts of solitude. A place to listen. A place to listen where the distractions are set aside. The things of life. You know, Paul was, was moved to the desert. He was, he was in solitude with, with Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ. He didn't have any Jews around him that were trying to kill him for what he was believing. Kind of takes up your, your thought process when someone's trying to kill you, see? But he was off on his own, and he learned. He learned. You see, it's what Paul needed to get the message of grace that the Lord was giving him. He didn't, didn't need the distractions of man. Now listen, guys. Some of you need to, 
set the distractions of life yourself aside. I'd say it, but many of you today, you need to be in the desert. You need to go. You need not to be afraid. You need to be like Abraham who who took that first step in faith and went out into the desert. You need to be like Paul where, where he realized where he needed to be and he needed that solitude. He needed man out of the way. He needed everything out of the way to get out into the desert and to allow the Lord to do a work in him. Guys, you're no different than this. And so many of you today, you have so much that's going on in your life. You have so much that demands your time. You have so much that is pulling and tugging on you. And and where you need to be is in that desert. You need to be there. You need to have that solitaire. The solitude. Solitaire is a game. Go play solitaire if it makes you think about things on your own. You need to have it. You see, what's happening is life is dictating to you how much time you're going to give to God, how much time you have for God. And that's where most Christians are today. They don't go out into the desert. They don't get that time alone with him. They tell God, this is how much time I've got for you. You see, and it it just, it doesn't work. Your attitude actually is pushing God out of your life and you're allowing life to do it. And when you push God out of your life, the only thing I can say is, how's that working out for you? How is that working? And you find that you never really have the time for God. Why? It's because life doesn't let you. And you don't can take control enough of, 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 the, of the circumstances around you to take the time for God. You need to be in the desert. You need to head into a place where there is solitude to be able to allow the Lord to work in your life. Listen, I want you to understand something about deserts as we're talking about them. There's actually two kinds of deserts. Number one is the desert that Paul went into. He went into that desert. The desert with with no distractions. um, A relationship building desert. It's a good place. It's a good place. Good place to be. The other is harsh. The other is, is a difficult place. It's, it's like you would expect a desert to be. Boiling during the daytime, freezing at night, dry, windy, hot, parched. That desert. That desert. Very, very unpleasant. And you know... That's a desert that every one of you here, bar none, have probably been in. You've probably been in that harsh desert. As life takes you into that desert, you've been there. Because life is going to take you there. It might be a desert that that came to you when when someone passed away. It might be a desert to you that, that you got sent into that happened when you lost a job. 
Um, it, it could be a desert that you went into when you had a fight with a friend or a, a, a fight with a spouse or whatever it is that, that dragged you down, but all of a sudden you found yourself right in the middle of a harsh spot. And you know something, guys? If you've never been there, then duck, you're going there. You will be there. Being a Christian doesn't keep you from there. In fact, sometimes being a Christian gets you in there quicker than maybe you would have been before. But folks, the second desert is one that that is very, very harsh and it's very difficult to be in. You see, that desert is coming. And here's the thing. You're either going to walk into that desert on your own and search for God in it, Or maybe when you get in it, through anger, you just turn your back on God completely, forever allowing you to be in that desert. You're either going to search for him or you're going to turn your back on him. How many people in your lives has ever had something drastic go on in their life and rather than coming back into the church, they left it all together and they went their separate ways? How, how could God ever let that happen in my life? Here's the other, the other option of going into that desert. You can go into that desert with him hand in hand. And he'll walk in there with you. He's not going to make you miss it. He's not going to pull you around it. He is going to take you in it. But you've heard it all before. Where he, you know, he, he, will, where he leads you, he will bring you back out of He will deliver you from it. He might walk with you into it, and he will walk with you into it, but he'll bring you back out of it. It's not where you are meant to stay. It's it's a learning place. It's a place you can learn. But as you go through it, you can either do it alone or you can do it with him. And, And it would be my choice, if I were you, that I would go through that desert with him hand in hand because he'll bring you through it. He'll bring you through it. Look over in Psalm, this last scripture here. I want you to get this. This is usually something that I read at a, you know, if, you, if it makes sense, I usually read it at a, at a memorial or a funeral or something. But man, this goes so far beyond that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, guys, um, David, David wrote that. And, and he, you know, you can see in that, that that as he wrote that, he wasn't standing in the wilderness by himself. He realized that, yea, though he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that God was with him. And he went through that, and he, and he went into the valley of the shadow of death, and, he, and God was with him the whole way because he went through hand in hand with him. You can't write that and be standing in the desert and be there alone. 
That is something that you write when you have God standing with you. Guys, believe it or not, the trials, the tribulations, the deserts, whatever you're going to go through, whether you've been through it, whether you're not, whether it's coming around the corner, all of that that you're going to go through, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Are you going to do it alone? Are you going to get into the middle of it and then look for God? Or are you going to spend a little time in, in a preparatory desert to build that relationship with him that no matter what you go through, you go through together. Guys, don't go through this alone. Don't go through trials, tribulations, desert. Don't do that alone. It is not what it was intended to be. And as we take communion today, let me offer you this. As we take communion today, this right here, And you coming down to take communion can be your first step into that rebuilding desert. It can be your first step in spending your time alone with him as you come to his table. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.